So guys, today we are starting a new series, all right? And we're going to go through the series now in the month of September. And you might be here and you're like, Pastor, why do you teach by series? Why don't you just, you know, you know, go into a passage and whatever God gives you, you go from it. You know why? Because I believe that God uses structure for us to learn. All right. When you go to school, you know, first day of school, you don't go into division. And then after that, you go into subtraction and then multiplication and then, you know, to addition. You know, there's a way that you build. And the Bible says that God, that's the way that he works with us. The Bible says he works with us precept upon precept. And law upon law. So every Sunday when we start a series, we're building off the teaching from the previous week. So today we're starting a series called Reach. Can you say that with me? Reach. All right. We're starting a series called Reach. Look at that. That is amazing. All right. And why are we starting this series? Because we want to be a church that our heart is going after those things that are important to the heart of our Father God. You see, whatever's important to God, we want to make sure that we are connected to that. And if there's something that God's heart is connected to, is people. Can you say that with me? God's heart, can you say that? God's heart is connected to people, all right? You see, Jesus didn't come to die for buildings or for land. Jesus came to die for who? For people. For people that were lost, for people that did not know him, all right? And there's so many people in our world right now that do not know Christ. There's so many people in our world right now that they're going through mourning. So many people in our world right now that are in sorrow, that are in bondage, that are in fear. There's so many people with broken hearts right now. Really, Pastor? Yeah, just turn on the news for 10 minutes. Sometimes you're going to have to turn it off because of all the stuff that is going to bombard you of the things that are going on around us. Just broken people. You see, and I want to tell you something. And I want to, you know, sometimes we have this myth that church is for perfect people. You know, so when we come here, oh, everybody's perfect. I got news for you. <laughs> church is for imperfect people, all right? If you come to Numa Church, the first imperfect person is the guy preaching to you, all right? And if you came, oh, the Holy One of God. No, the Holy One of God is Christ, you know? I'm the forgiven one of Christ, <laughs> you know? God forgave me. You know, and maybe I messed up a lot more than you did, and that's why he chose me to speak grace, and you're going to see that in a moment. But if you get come with me in your Bibles, and this is going to be like a central theme within this series, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and 36. Matthew 9, 35 and 36. I'm ready to preach this morning. And Jesus is giving a description, a very clear description of the condition of the people nowadays. And it says like this, Jesus traveled throughout all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You see, Jesus' evaluation of the condition of the heart of the people, if, if Jesus had eyes, man, he would just do an x-ray. You know what I'm saying? 
Sometimes I'm around some people that walk with the Lord and, you know, like they read your mail. You know, it looks like they got into your email and stuff like that. And you're standing in front of them like, man, this person is like doing an x-ray, you know. Jesus just did an x-ray of the condition of humanity. And what did he said? That they looked helpless and confused or confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now that's very interesting. Because Jesus is the great shepherd. And he was here walking here on earth when he made that statement. And as he makes that statement, he is recognizing, church, pay attention to this, that he is limited to do all the work that needs to be done. Because he's the great shepherd and he's recognizing that the people are like sheep without a shepherd. But hold on, Jesus, aren't you the great shepherd? What do you mean these people are like sheep without a shepherd? Aren't you supposed to shepherd them? Didn't you come to manifest the heart of God? Aren't you the great healer? Aren't you the great preacher? What's going on? Well, Jesus actually in the next verse recognizes a certain limitation that he had because in verse 37 and 38, and don't get me wrong, okay, Jesus is all God, all right? But he said to his disciples, verse 37, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask Him to send more workers into the field. What Jesus is saying, there's so much work, I can't do this alone. Even though I'm the great shepherd and I'm here and I'm doing all this, we need help. We need help. And when you look at the condition of the people here today, let me tell you something. Just one Numa church here in Kendall, you know what? We can't do it alone. One pastor, one pastoral team can do it alone. Each of us need to rise up into our level of leadership. And I want you to know something. If you are in this room today, okay, you were made in the likeness and the image of God. There's leadership inside of you. And that's why the growth track is so important because I want you to connect with your specific design so that you can walk in leadership and together we can make a difference in the hearts of those people that are so helpless and confused. And they're all around us. They are all around us. So Jesus says that the solution to the problem, you know what it is? What's the solution to? More workers. More workers in the field. More disciples. And he was telling that to his disciples. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Who's the Lord of the harvest? It's Him. Send out more workers. And then you continue reading. I'm not going to get into that. But it says then Jesus commissioned His disciples, Matthew 10, and He sent them. In other words, you guys are the answer. Go. Go ahead. You see, how many disciples of Christ do we have here this morning? Disciples of Jesus. Raise your hand. Come on. All right. Yesterday, in this place, something so amazing happened. You see, the first Saturdays of the month, we have our missions outings. First Saturday of the month, we have, you know, community outreach. We're doing amazing things here where God has placed us. And it's not just for a few people. All you guys are invited. Next first Saturday of the month, come and join us. 9 a.m., man, from 9 to 12, different things are happening. But yesterday, we were hosting in this place, okay, this organization that is involved with foster parenting. All right. And it was so amazing because you had all these parents that were coming in that are in the process, okay, of fostering or adopting children. 
Most of these people do not go to church. They definitely don't come to our church. All right. And you had the parents receiving a workshop and then you had all the little children. Okay. That are in the process of getting either fostered or adopted here in this place as well. You know, and I was excited in the morning coming over here. We're going to pray for the service. And guys, when I walked to the building next door and I saw an army of our dream team with black shirts saying, serve all, love God, love people, ready to serve and love on those people. I almost had to go to a room and just weep and cry because of how blessed I was to see that we had workers in the field ready to work with those people. I'm just going to share a quick testimony that I shared with our dream teamers that were here before the service. We had a prayer room set up next door. And uh, this uh, lady that is in the process of fostering two little children came uh, to get prayed for. One of her little children was sexually molested and abused by his parents and thrown in a trash heap. And somebody heard the baby crying and took him out of the garbage and was put into the foster system. And that little boy was here yesterday morning. He's three years old. And I'm going to keep his name anonymous. But when they walked into that prayer room, we had three of our people you know, from prayer there. And when they were praying for the lady that is about to start fostering them, the little kid interrupted, interrupted the prayer. And he goes, look up. He goes, look at all the big people that are around us right now. They're smiling at us. And he goes, wave to the big people. Wave to the big people that are here. That little kid was seeing angels in that room as they were getting prayed for. You see, a lot of times we're like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to serve. I don't know how to reach people. All you need to do is be willing and God is going to back it up because God's heart is after that. A little child that is three years old, he's not going to invent. Okay, he's not going to come up with something clever saying, oh, look at the big people that are here and let's wave at them. They're smiling at us. He was looking at something. He was seeing something. You see, as I was seeing this yesterday, I was seeing most of these people, they don't even know Jesus. And they're coming into our territory. They're coming into, you know, our building. They're coming into our church. All right. But the reality is that that's normally not the case. Normally the case is that us, the ones that already know the Lord and have been walking him for a while and stuff like that, we need to look for opportunities. Can you say that word with me? Opportunities. We need to look for opportunities that God will open up in front of us with people, with different people that, that he'll put uh, in front of us, all right? And, uh, and I want to honor the dream teamers that were here yesterday. Everybody that was here yesterday serving in the morning, a lot of them might be here, a lot of them may be next door, but can we put our hands together for everybody that just came and served yesterday to make a difference in the life of those people? Reach. That's the title of this series that we're going to be talking about. Reach. And I want to encourage you not to miss, you know, any of these Sundays. I really believe it's important for each of our lives that we're connected to those things that are important to the heart of God. And I believe, church, that this is a season where family members of yours that you've been praying for are going to be reached for Jesus.
I believe that this is the moment, church, where people that you're going to invite to church, they're actually going to accept the invitation. I know some of you guys have been praying, you know, for those prayer targets and that little card that we passed a, a few weeks ago. We've been doing that already for like about a year. So every now and then we'll pass out little prayer targets, people that you want God to bless and, and reach. And, and, and I believe that this is the season where God is going to answer that. I believe that this is a season where children that have walked away from God, they're going to come back to him as we go out and, and we start reaching. I believe that this is the season that even people that have declared themselves to be atheists, that they're going to come and that they're going to recognize that there is a true God. As they see something in us, all right? Now, in order for that to happen, we need to have an attitude. We need to have a certain mentality. Okay, and that mentality and that attitude is whatever it takes. Can you say that with me? Whatever it takes. Can you say that with me this morning? Whatever it takes. That's the title of today's message. The series is called Reach. Today's message is called Whatever It Takes. Whatever It Takes. And if you could go with me to Mark chapter 2. That's where we're going to break down for the next few minutes here. Mark 2 verse 1 through 5. And I'm going to read from this version called the Passion Translation. Mark 2, verse 1 through 5. And it says this, Several days later, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and the news quickly spread that he was back in town. Soon there were so many people crowded inside the house to hear him that there was no more room, even outside the door. While Jesus was preaching the word of God, four men arrived carrying a a paralyzed man. But when they realized that they couldn't even get near him because of the crowd, they went up on the top of the house and tore away the roof above Jesus' head. And when they had broken through, they lowered the paralyzed man on a stretcher right down in front of him. And when Jesus saw the extent of their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are now forgiven. Uh, This is a story that we might have gone through, we might have read. But today we're going to break a couple of things down that we see in this teaching. Okay, And I want to say something. To reach people that no one is reaching, we're going to have to do things that no one is doing. Here we have the story, okay, of, of these four guys. And it's amazing because these four guys did something that no one else was doing till that moment. This is not seen in any of the other, you know, people that are encountering Jesus, but they had a whatever it takes mindset. They had a whatever it takes attitude. Whatever it takes attitude. So I want you guys to write down these three things that I'm going to share with you this morning about a whatever-it-takes mindset that we need to have. Number one, a whatever-it-takes mindset eliminates excuses. A whatever-it-takes mindset eliminates excuses. You see, these four guys are taking their paralyzed friend to Jesus and they find that there's no way of getting into the house where Jesus is. Why? Because there was such a crowd of people that they couldn't get inside. And I just put ourselves in those shoes right now. You see, if that would have happened to us, maybe we'll try to explain it and we're like, well, you know what? 
it wasn't God's will for our friend to get healed today. Maybe, you know, today the door was closed, you know. Maybe God will open another door of opportunity during the week. I'll just invite my friend to church another day. You know, maybe if I shared with him today, but he's busy talking to other people, he's not going to hear me. And we put up all these excuses of why not to share, why not to invite, why not to talk to people about Jesus, even though we know they need an encounter with Christ. And the first thing that happens when we have a whatever-it-takes mindset, it eliminates the excuses. These guys saw, okay, there's no way of going in through the door. And we have to get in there some other way. We got to go in there some other way. You see, a whatever-it-takes mindset, listen to this, guys, will not take no for an answer. It will not take no for an answer. If we're going to help people encounter Christ, guys, listen to this. We're going to have to overcome obstacles. All right? People are always busy. People are always doing things. They always have, you know, places to go and things to do and stuff like that. And there's always an excuse that you and I are going to have not to talk to someone. All right? Not to invite someone to church, for example. But you know what, guys? When we have a whatever it takes attitude, we're not going to take no for an answer. And let me tell you something. It's going to interrupt our schedule as well. It's going to interrupt, you know, what we were doing. You see, a lot of times, in order for us to actually reach people, we're going to have to get uncomfortable. You know, we're going to have to stay longer talking to someone. And you want to go to sleep because you got to wake up at 5 the next morning, you know? You're going to have to, you know, you were planning to get to a certain place at a certain time, but all of a sudden now you're going to have to call and say, listen, I'm running 15 minutes late. Why? Because I stayed talking to this person over here. It's going to interrupt us. And let me tell you something. Sometimes it's not the most comfortable to reach people and to speak to people. But you know what, guys? Here's the heart of it. When we know what's at stake... When we know what's at stake, when we know that heaven and hell are realities, church, when we know that those are realities, let me tell you something, we will do whatever it takes to reach people for Jesus. So today, I ask God, and this is the prayer that we need to have, Lord, give me eyes for the opportunity. Give me eyes to have, you know, opportunities, whatever it takes, Jesus. Till that moment, no one had ever made a hole in the roof. (laughs) No one had ever made a hole in the roof to have an encounter with Jesus. Nobody had done that. And I want to encourage you, church, to do something before the end of this year. This is a little challenge that I have for you. Before the end of this year, okay, I want you to reach out to two families. Reach out to two families and invite them to come to church before this year ends. We're in September, okay? We have like three months and like four weeks, no, three months and three weeks to make that happen. How many of us know at least two families that do not know Christ that would need and would benefit from what you and I have with God? Raise your hand. I think all of us. Can we extend that invitation? And just, you know what? I would love for you to come to our church on Sundays. I would love to you to come and visit and, and check it out. So that's a challenge that I'm going to make to you guys here this morning. All right? That takes me to the second point of whatever it takes mindset. Number two, all right? It gives you permission to fail. 
A whatever it takes mindset gives you permission to fail. And this is important, guys. Listen. Because Christian thinks that if we fail, we miss the will of God. Alright? A lot of times we think that if we failed, we miss the will of God. Okay? But I'm going to tell you something. This is going to free somebody this morning. Okay? Failure is the first step to succeeding. Failure is the first step to succeeding. You see, I just remember the disciples that Jesus had, and I'm just going to give you one example. The most outspoken disciple that Jesus had was Peter. And you remember Peter, he was with Jesus walking, and he's like, Lord, I'll never forsake you. I will never deny you. Everybody could fall away, Lord, but I'm going to be there, and I'm going to go after you, and I'm going to run after you. And when Jesus got arrested, who was the first person that was denying and forsaking Christ? Who was it? It was Peter. In one shot, he did it three times. You know what I'm saying? If you think you're bad, oh my God, I failed the Lord today. This guy in one shot did it three times, man. And when Jesus resurrects, you know, he tells the, the girls that are there in the, in the tomb, he goes, hey, tell my disciples and Peter, that I'm on my way to Galilee, that I'll meet them there. And I imagine when they, hey, you know what, guys? Jesus resurrected. He wants to see all of you. And, and Peter, he wants to see you in a special way. You imagine Peter, how he must have been walking on the way to Galilee. Like, oh, man. Like, oh, man, this guy said he was resurrecting, and it's true, the guy's alive. I'm excited, but oh, man, he wants to see me. You know, when you got to tell somebody something, you're like ready to tell them, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're like, man, I can't wait to see that person. I got to tell him this and this and this and this. Has that happened to you? Anybody here? Well, Jesus encounters Peter. He prepares a meal. <laughs> he prepares a meal, sits down with the disciples. They're all eating fish and stuff. He doesn't even bring it up. You imagine Peter during that fish meal. How it must have been like, oh my God, Jesus is there. You know, it's like he said he wanted to see me. I just failed this guy. And after the meal's done, and they've laughed, and they've talked, and I, man, I don't know how that conversation must have been, you know, resurrected Jesus, hanging out with them there. But after that meal's done, Jesus is like, hey, Peter, can we go over to the side a second? We need to talk. And Peter's like, oh, man, here we go. And Jesus goes up to Peter and tells him, Peter, you love me? And three times, Jesus asked the same question. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. How many times did Jesus ask Peter, do you love me? Three times. And all those three times, Jesus said, you know what? Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Jesus restored Peter. Okay? And listen how powerful this is. All right? Because when we have whatever it takes mentality, it gives us freedom to fail. Peter had an encounter with the grace of God that none of the other disciples that Jesus had had till that moment. How do you know that, Pastor? Because who did Jesus choose on the day of Pentecost to bring the first message of the resurrected Christ? Who was the person that got up and fight in front of thousands of people that day? And the Bible says that 5,000 people got saved in one shot. You imagine that kind of revival meeting? Who was the preacher that God chose from heaven? The guy that knew what failure was. 
but the guy that knew how much greater God's grace and how much mercy is. That's the guy that God chose. So don't let failure be an excuse. The fear of failure takes you to stop taking risks. I need to talk to this person. I want to share with him. But what is he going to say? He might not even be my friend anymore and he wants me to come to church and all this and all that. You know what? The fear of failure stops you from taking risk and not taking risk takes you to failure because you stop walking in faith. And you and I fall into this cycle. When you and I are playing it too safe, listen to what I'm going to tell you. When you and I are playing it too safe and we're not out there and we're not sharing and we're not reaching and we're not speaking, we might have stopped walking by faith. Because you and I, listen to this, are the messengers, but God is the one that transformed the hearts. You and I are the ones that give an invitation. But God's the one that has already been working in people. And how many of you guys have ever encountered this? That God tell you, talk to that person. Invite that person to church. Tell them about me. And you're like hesitant and you're hesitant. And you finally break through and you start talking to the person. And the person will tell you something like, oh man, you know, this week somebody was telling me. And now I feel that you're confirming what you're telling me. Has that ever happened to you? So a lot of times what we figure out is that God was already in the mess. God was already working in the person's heart. And your words to that person is like that final push. Happened to you before? It's amazing. And you're like, okay, Lord, you're in this. This is your business. All right? So let's lose this morning the fear of failure. Okay, and that goes in everything, okay? But let's lose the fear of failure. If you invite somebody to come and follow Christ, you know what? At the end of the day, God is the one that is working in the hearts, all right? And these four guys, they went after Jesus, even if they failed. These guys went after Jesus, all right? They loved their friend enough. And had enough faith in Jesus to say, we're going to make a hole in that roof. And if we fail, we fail. Do we love our friends like that? And do we have enough faith in Jesus like that? So I want to, I want you guys, listen to this, for us to train ourselves. Whenever we see a person going through a problem, an issue, this guy was paralyzed. Whenever you see somebody telling you that they're going through a problem or an issue, I don't want you to say, oh man, what a big problem. I want you to think opportunity. This is the opportunity. This is the moment. You see somebody going through crisis, you're like, oh Lord, you've been working. This is it. That paralyzed guy, his friend's like, hey man, he's in the best condition to have an encounter with Jesus. And the third thing about a whatever it takes mindset, it creates a passion. It creates a passion to do whatever it takes. When you have a whatever-it-takes mindset, it creates a passion. It's like an adrenaline rush. It's like an adrenaline rush. When, 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 you, when, when you have that mindset and you go after it and, and you do things for God and you're inviting people and you're preaching to people and talking to people about Christ, you know, it's, it's like an adrenaline rush. You see, that scripture says, and when they had broken through, They lowered the paralyzed man on a stretcher right down in front of him. You imagine how these guys were feeling when they broke through that roof? And I want to tell you something, church. We got to break through. 
We got to break through the obstacles. We got to break through all the things that will stand in the way. And those guys did not even let a roof stand in their way. And you imagine what, the, I mean, what they were feeling when they break through that roof and they start lowering that guy. And Jesus is there teaching. And all of a sudden, everybody starts looking up. And you imagine that stretcher coming down. Oh man, that must have been exciting. You imagine that meeting, how it must have been? And they lure that guy and put him in front of Jesus. They broke through the roof. I want to tell you something, guys. Reaching people for Christ, listen to this, guys, is not an option. It's a must. I said a second ago, heaven and hell are realities. And they lower that guy. The worship team can come up. They lower that guy. Put him in front of Jesus. Don't take no for an answer. Do whatever it takes. We need to come to God without limits. A lot of times we're the ones that limit God. And we're putting, God has no limits. God wants, the Bible says in First Peter, okay, that God's willing that all shall come to repentance. All would come to repentance. Paul said, I am compelled to preach the gospel. Compelled is I am obligated to preach the gospel. I can't stay quiet about it. So church, today I am challenging you to break through fear, to break through our comfort level, to break through our limits. And we need to take people and bring them and lay them down in front of Jesus. And I guarantee you, when people are in front of Jesus, they will never leave the same way. The moment that people are in front of Jesus, it says that Jesus saw the extent of their faith. And he said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are now forgiven. You see... I want to close with this. They lowered the guy from the roof, but they didn't go down. They stayed up there. Because there's no way for them to come down. They're lowering the guy. You know, there's not an elevator next to it that after they lowered it, then they press a button and then they go down. I'm sure that maybe two or three of them weren't even seen. Maybe just one that was standing in there, you know, and he's like the one pulling the cord and stuff like that. But the other ones, and the Bible says that Jesus, seeing the extent of their faith, talked to the guy that was paralyzed. And he didn't say, okay, you're healed, get up. He said, your sins are forgiven. Before he went for the physical healing, and you continue reading, Jesus heals him physically. He went what? for the condition of the heart. May God see our faith for our friends, for our family members, for our co-workers, for the students that are in class with us. May God see the faith that we have for them to get saved and touch them. I want you to close your eyes this morning. I want to have that kind of faith. I want to have that kind of attitude. I want to walk with that kind of mindset that these four guys had whatever it takes.
Every head bowed in this place, every eye closed, you're watching online. This goes for you too. And Father, my prayer this morning is that you would give us a heart that is sensitive and compassionate to the needs of the people that surround us, Lord. A heart, Lord, that would be moved to do whatever it takes to reach people for Christ, to bring them to have an encounter with you. Let Numa Church get rid of all the excuses that we might have, Lord, that we may lose all fear of failing when it has to do with sharing your word and create a passion in us, Lord, to do whatever it takes, Lord God. Now with your eyes closed and head bowed, I'm sure that there's people here this morning that are not sure if you have a relationship with God. You see, you, 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 you've been coming, you've been listening to the messages and you might be hurting and you might be going through some things and you're like, Pastor, I feel like those people that Jesus was describing, I, I'm broken and there's areas that I feel helpless in. There's things that maybe you can't even make sense of this morning. But I'm here to tell you that if you come to Jesus and that if you invite Him into your heart, the Bible says that your sins, that my sins are forgiven and you become a son, you become a daughter of God. And today, you can start living for a greater purpose and He will start working in those areas that you can't. If you're here this morning, I want to encourage you to make this prayer with me. God is speaking to your heart. And you're like, man, I feel that that's me. You pray this with me. Lord Jesus, today I come to you. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Take me by the hand, Jesus. And don't let me go. Even though I don't have answers, You have answers. So I come to you, Lord. Don't let me go. Take me by the hand to the arms of my Heavenly Father. Give me the gift of eternal life today. And make me a son, make me a daughter of God. Filled with your Holy Spirit. And ready to live for your purpose. I pray this. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus, amen.